Welcome to episode 24 of the Daniel Yoris Podcast with today's guest, Stephen Campolo. Let's go. A little bit different than the usual setup today. I'm here finally in person with Stephen. I'm here in Florida. Usually I do this little intro clip afterwards when we, you know, we've done the episode and I'll give you a little intro of what we'll talk about. I don't know what we're going to talk about today. We might talk about fitness and we might not talk about fitness, but uh, it's going to be a great one. We're here in person, first in-person conversation. We got all the allegedly all the equipment that we're using today is the JRE <laughs> equipment. So this is big time now. We're not, uh, we're not messing around today, but uh, Steven, what's up, man? Thanks what's for joining up, me. What's up, bro? I'm excited to do this, man. We've been talking about it for a while. So yeah, here we are, baby. Here we are. We made it happen. It's been uh, what, almost three weeks now since I've been here, but like, yeah, man, time is, it feels like it's been a lot longer, honestly. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, it's a crazy world right now, like yeah. with the pandemic and uh, you know, people are just trying to find their way and you know, if you're in a place where everything's locked down still, it's like, dude, we've been at this for two years now. Let's, let's get it going, dude. Like we got to get back to, to normal life. Right. Yeah. So, um, at least that's, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. We got to just live. And I mean, that's why I'm here. And yeah. you kind of, you were in Toronto at the, at the beginning of all this. And then you left and came back here to the States. Yeah. So I'm, I'm from Florida, but I was living in Toronto for like almost a year. And then the pandemic hit and, you know, Tr- uh, Trudeau was talking about closing the borders. So I'm like, dude, I got to get out of here because I don't want to be stuck in Canada. And as an American, I'm only allowed to be there for like six months. So I'm like, you know, it's going to be more than six months if I get stuck here. So I'm like, I, I got to get back. So yeah, I, I flew back uh, last March and here yeah, I've been, been here pretty much ever since. And you went to LA first. Yeah, I was again. living in LA as well. Um, so I moved out there last August and I was out there until December. It was kind of the same situation just with the lockdowns and everything there is, you know, all the gyms were closed, which as a fitness person doesn't really mesh well with my lifestyle. And, uh, you know, so I'm like, you know what, I'm going to head back to Florida for a little bit and kind of let the world, uh, relax yeah. and, and see how we're looking in a few months. Yeah. So, and Florida definitely did relax. <laughs> Florida has been relaxed, uh, for probably two weeks into the pandemic, man. Yeah. Like they've been wide open. Yeah. It was crazy. Like in Toronto at the time, you know, the, the general rhetoric was like, those people in Florida are batshit crazy. <laughs> what the fuck are they doing down there? Just ignoring all this. And then, you know, like it turns out, you know, we're not experts and I don't want to talk about COVID too much, but it's like, you guys were, it was right. It was, it was kind of right. But then it's like real estate prices here are going through the roof because everyone from these, these other states that are locked down want to be here. So, you know, like it's funny, you get two sides, like, you know, two different people, people are, you know, talk crap about it because they're like, oh, they should be locked down still. But then people are like, screw this. Like I want to be free. Yeah. I don't want to wear a mask the rest of my life. You yeah. know, I want to be able to go to the gym or go to a restaurant and get back to normal. So Florida's like, well, you're, we're the answer to your prayers. Let's do it. Exactly. So. And, that, and that's what it's all about. Just like being able to live. Yeah. That's like what I felt here is like, it's so, it's so interesting that just living normal life yeah. feels so great. Like yeah. it shouldn't, it shouldn't feel this good to just be able to go yeah. do stuff. You know, it's, uh, it's crazy. But I, I was telling my girlfriend the other day, I'm like, it's crazy how people kind of get normalized to like a, a different thing. Like now when I go to the store and I don't have to wear a mask anymore, it's like, it, it feels weird not to wear a mask, right? Yeah. Where my entire life I never wore a mask, but the past year I was. And now it's like going back to normal. It feels weird. So it's just crazy how like maybe it's just human nature, but how quickly we get used to things and adapt to things. And, you know, sometimes going back to the way things were is, is feels weird. Yeah. And I, I feel the same way, even in the reverse way coming here, like not having to wear a mask, being able to go to the gym and all that stuff. Now I think about going home and like working in the gym all day, wearing a mask and doing all that stuff, distancing. It's like, this is impossible. Yeah. I can't even fathom doing that again. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Crazy stuff. But why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? We already talked a little bit for, for a bit here, but yeah. uh, how would you introduce yourself? Yeah, well, you said my name, Stephen Campolo. You pronounced it right. Um, so I was a former fat guy. I was 100 pounds overweight, you know, um, obese as a as a kid. You know, my doctor diagnosed me as obese at the age of like 14, 15. So I was, you know, clinically 100 pounds overweight. You know, so picture me, I, if I, you know, I'm six foot two now. I was probably six inches shorter than I am and, you know, uh, 80 pounds heavier than I am. All right. Right now I'm 220. You know, back then I was pushing 300. So as you can imagine, a guy that's five foot, you know, five foot six, five foot seven and 300 pounds, none of that was muscle. <laughs> like I was, I was super out of shape. Um, and then, you know, I guess as I started going through puberty and started becoming attracted to the opposite sex, I'm like, all right, something has to change here. I, I can't stay like this. And literally one new year's I decided like, I didn't want to be fat anymore. And I started running and this is when I was living in New York because I, I was actually born and raised on, on Long Island, New York. So, um, you know, just started running every night. 
I had no idea what I was doing, eating chicken and broccoli, you know, just, I would see it in the Rocky movies, right? Like when he's getting ready for a fight, he's running. So I'm like, all right, we're going to do this Rocky style, start running. And, uh, you know, lost probably like 40, 50 pounds, you know, relatively quickly. Um, you know, and then that started the process of weight training because I had a bunch of loose skin. I was skinny fat. So my journey pretty much started when I was like 15, 16 years old. So I've been at this for almost 20 years now. Um, you know, I'm a full-time transformation coach. So what I do is help people go through that process themselves, whether if they're just trying to lose 10 pounds or 20 pounds or 50 pounds or a hundred pounds, it's really all the same process, right? So, um, really helping them with the nutrition, the training, and really trying to simplify things. Cause as you know, as someone who's in the fitness space, the fitness industry is extremely complex and they like to keep it complex because the more confused people are, the more they're willing to pay someone to help them. Unfortunately, whether it's with supplements or, you know, training or online coaches, online programs, like, you know, it's, there's a lot of confusion out there when in all actuality, it's sticking to the basics is what's going to get your results and be consistent with that. So that's what I help people do today. Yeah. Amazing. And I mean, the, the trouble with all that is like, it doesn't, it's not as sellable as like, you know, yeah. some product or something I saw the other day or a couple of couple of days ago, there's some new product that like literally clamps your mouth shut. I don't know if you saw this on Instagram <laughs> I saw it on your story actually, and it's yeah. like, dude, what the fuck is going yeah. on? Like, you know, it, it's so simple. Like, you know, eat less, run more is yeah. like, you know, that's not helpful advice because it doesn't give anyone the kind of like yeah. a roadmap, but like the way to get things done is, is really quite simple, but not easy of course. Right. Yeah. How long did it take you to lose all that weight? So initially I lost the weight pretty quickly. Um, I would say I probably lost like the first 50 pounds within like three months. But again, I was killing myself. Like I was eating probably a thousand calories a day. Again, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know what body composition was, right? I just wanted to like get skinny. Right. But I didn't realize that when I got there, I was going to look like a melted candle with like loose skin, saggy man <laughs> boobs. Like, you know, so I was just as insecure taking my shirt off then as I was when I was still the fat guy. So I'm like, all right something has to change. So someone told me, Hey, you should go to the gym and build muscle to replace like the body fat you lost. So I'm like, well, that sounds like a good idea. So started going to the gym, started talking to people at the gym, you know, everyone and their mother has an opinion on what I should have, you know, what I was supposed to do, my diet, my training. Um, so I was just confused, but again, you know, just starting the process of going to the gym, educating myself. Um, I bought the movie pumping iron, which was like a huge, uh, huge turning point in my life. Cause I'm like, wow, like I could actually build muscle and, you know, transform into this like macho, you know, muscular guy. And that's really what I became obsessed with in like my late teen, uh, years or actually like when I was 16, 17. Um, so it was this time I had moved down to Florida. My dad sold his business. The whole family moved to Florida and, um, I got a part-time job at gold's gym and started working there cleaning machines. But I was like so excited because I was now at the gym working, you know, in a, in a, in a, uh, a space that I loved and I could absorb all the information. I was, you know, getting close and, and becoming friends with the trainers. And, um, after a few months of working there, I actually met uh, a pro bodybuilder who was training people. And, um, my dad actually had the idea is like, Hey, why don't, you know, I'll, I'll pay for half of it. So I'll get you you know, a, a trainer coach. Um, and then if you pay the other half, you know, we'll, we'll do it. So I'm like, all right. So, uh, hired my first coach at the age of like 17 in preparation to get ready for a bodybuilding show, my wow. first like natural bodybuilding show. So I literally went for like over the course of two years, I went from being a hundred pounds overweight, becoming obsessed with getting in shape and building muscle to like stepping on a natural bodybuilding stage. Yeah. in, in two years from the age of 15 to 17. So it's, it's, it all happened pretty quickly. Yeah. So impressive. And I mean, you, you definitely took that like all or nothing attitude. Yeah. You went all in and that probably helped you. And maybe that's not the best way to do it for everyone. You know, it's different, definitely different for each person. Helps that you were super young yeah. while you're doing that. So, you know, you obviously didn't have children. You didn't have like a, a career per se yet and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, going all in and making those super rapid changes to like really take control of your life. And I mean, how thankful are you that you, you, fe you figured all that stuff out so young? Like yeah. what would have happened if you know, you continued that life from when you were 15 and hundred pounds overweight till now, and then trying to change it, you know, and you've got so much else going on now, it would have been so yeah. much harder. Well, I think most people do that though, right? Like you're, I mean, you're, you're a personal trainer. So I, you know, we see the same people and I'm sure you could vouch for this too. Like I've seen the same guys in the gym for the past 10, 15 years. They never change. They're there <laughs> every single day. They're at the gym. I don't know if maybe it's their workout. If I had to guess, it's probably their diet because, you know, 80% of how you look is your nutrition, right? But 
you see the same people year after year after year and they never change. Right. Well, you know, at that point, it's like, I don't know about you, but if I'm doing something and I'm killing myself in the gym and like having discipline with my nutrition, it's to get a result. And if I'm not getting a result after a few months, something is obviously broken. Maybe I don't know what I'm doing and maybe it's time to actually find someone that actually does know what they're doing. Right. But you have to want that too. Like you have to be you know, borderline obsessed with getting results and transforming your health and and your body too. Like not everyone is at that level like I was or continue to be because my health and fitness is really important to me. And it's important to a lot of people. Um, And unfortunately, sometimes I think it takes like a really dramatic event in someone's life to realize I need to get in shape. Maybe it's like a health scare or, you know, they go to ask a girl out and they get turned down or, you know, like that's different for everyone, depending on how old they are and like what, what they're trying to achieve. But yeah, I mean, asking for help is, is, you know, it's, um, you have to take your ego out of it, right. And say, okay, do I want results or do I want to stay the same forever? Because those, you know, two things are mutually exclusive. So you have to decide what you want. Yeah. One of the biggest things that I see or, or, or think about often is like, you know, you don't have to be, or want to be a bodybuilder or want to be shredded or all these things. And that's okay. You don't have to, I think that sometimes we get caught up on like having a goal and, and pursuing it too hard. And, and being healthy and exercising for fun, I think, in my opinion, it's a totally valid goal. But as long as that's your actual goal, I think what you're getting at and what we both agree on is like the people who say that they want to lose weight, want to change their body, but they've been in the gym for four years and haven't changed at all. Yeah. There's a disconnect there. If yeah. your whole purpose of going to the gym is just so that you can you know, sweat a little bit, move your body, and you're not really trying to lose weight or build muscle, then you know what? By all means, like yeah. you know, do what you do. But but, but make that your goal, like right, make right, sure you right. know that that's your goal. Right. 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 No, hundred percent. Yeah. It, it, and, and it's so much about the knowledge, like you said, at what point in your kind of fitness journey, did you start to feel comfortable giving advice back to other people? Mm, that's a good question. It, it took me a while because I was one of those people where like that fat boy in me and I'd be lying to, and if, if I said it, he wasn't still inside me, but he, he stuck around with me for a long time, right? Like my identity had been that of a fat person. So that doesn't go away just because you lose weight. Like one thing I, I always try to explain to people is, you know, just because you get in shape doesn't mean like those same struggles and, and your the same identity you had when you were overweight doesn't stay with you. Like that takes a lot of time to, to go away if it ever does, which for some people it doesn't. Like for me, you know, it, I, I still have to remind myself like, I'm fit. I'm in shape because I identified with being overweight for so long that it was kind of just like ingrained in me. Right? right. And when you have that identity, sometimes you're, you're, you're insecure about, okay, like, am I smart enough to, to help other people? Like, yeah, I did it on my own, but you know, can I help someone else do this? Like, and especially when you add social media to it, I mean, now you're putting yourself out there for the world to see, which is extremely, um, it could be scary. And that's what really held me back from going on social media for a while because I'm like, you know, now my friends are going to judge me. My family's going to judge me. I, I I remember one of my, he was a best friend. We, we haven't talked in years, but he was, you know, he, um, he's like, oh, so you're just going to be like another fitness influencer, like joking around. Right. I'm like, yeah, he's right. You know, how am I going to stand out in a saturated fitness market? Like you have these guys out there, you know, shredded abs, like, you know, crazy big muscles, like, like who am I? to share information. Right. But then one day I just had this epiphany. I'm like, you know what? Like no one has my story. No one is me. And that's my power. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to start posting on my own journey. You know, my before photos, my after photos, tell people what helped me. And hopefully it will resonate with the right person because I'm not doing this to help the entire world. I'm doing this to help just like that one, that one person that was in my shoes now you know, maybe it's a 15 year old kid, maybe it's a 21 year old kid, maybe it's a 40 year old guy that's, you know, his wife isn't attracted to him anymore and he just wants to lose 30, 40, 50 pounds. Right. So I just took one step, put one foot in front of the other. And, um, you know, it's, it's pretty remarkable what happened. Uh, and, and, and this is only three years ago. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's something that I think, or I'd imagine that anybody who posts online in, in fitness, but probably more so in fitness, but really in any field, would battle with. And I know I certainly did as well. It's been almost coming up on a year now since I started posting on my social media for fitness. And I had the exact same thoughts as you, like, who am I? You know, there's all these geniuses out there who like, you know, these are the legit people that, you know, one should be listening to. But 
everyone doesn't resonate with their messages and yeah. some, you know, model who's just shredded and huge, like people don't resonate necessarily with that either. And, and not everyone's going to resonate with myself and not everyone's going to resonate with yeah. you either, but there are those certain people who will. And that's where, you know, that's where the, the magic yeah. lies. Right. And that's another thing too. Like, as you know, fitness is so superficial, right? Like when people think of fitness, they think of girls in bikinis on Instagram or in their yoga pants doing these like, butt you know, butt uh, exercises showing off their bodies right away. That's going to scare off, you know, maybe a girl that's 50 pounds overweight or hundred pounds overweight. Right. Um, and the same thing with the guys too. Like you have these guys who are shredded and of course all these, all these photos are Photoshopped, right? No one's posting their, their photos when they're out of shape or, you know, after a holiday vacation when they gain 10 pounds when they're bloated, Yeah, they're all posting these amazing photos, which, you know, and inevitably is going to make people feel insecure. I mean, even myself, like today when I'm scrolling Instagram and I see a dude that's, you know, shredded out of his mind, I'm like, man, like I need to be that shredded. Right. So like, this is something I still struggle with today. And I know that if someone is out there that isn't, you know, in, in, in shape, like I am today, of course, that's going to play a role, you know, in, in their psyche as well. So like, I'm very forward and transparent. And that's why I love sharing my story because I am not genetically gifted by any means. Like I was not the dude that was born with six pack abs. I wish I was like, if I'm being completely honest, I wish I was sitting here across from you. Um, and I was one of these guys that just builds muscle easy, stays lean effortlessly, but that's not like part of my story. Like I was the fat guy. I have, you know, subpar genetics, right? And I've had to work really, really hard to try to get in shape and build muscle and learn my body. It's like, it's been a process of over the past 20 years and I'm still learning. But, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful for that as well, because I know I would say 90% of the population struggles with, you know, um, having that power to get, to get in shape. It's, it's not effortless for, for the majority of the population, but Instagram and social media would have you thinking otherwise. Right. So, yeah. The, the genetically gifted are, are few and far between yeah. and their voices are loud on social media, but yeah, exactly. they're not necessarily the majority, right? Most people are, you know, like you and I struggle to lose weight, struggle to build muscle, you know, that you don't just you know, eat one piece of chicken breast, do, you know, a couple of bench presses and, you know, you look like a Greek <laughs> God. It's just, unfortunately, that's not yeah. how it works. It would be easy. It would be great if it did. But at the same time, I, I also think that there's, there's so much beauty in the struggle of it. Yeah. Like actually going to the gym, grinding every day, day in, day out, you know, being on top of your nutrition, being on top of your sleep. I think that that's like where a lot more of the magic lies. And if it were easy, we'd take it for granted so much. And, yeah. and I think it also makes you a better coach and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I mean, if it was easy, you wouldn't be able to help people because you would just give them the advice that worked for you. And if it were so easy, you know, your advice would be kind of shit because, yeah. because you didn't have to actually put the work in. Well, that's why it's funny. Like when people reach out to me for coaching, you know, one of the things they always say, is like, I, I really liked, you know, your story. Like I, I really resonated with you and you know, you've been through this before, right? You've been in my shoes. So I, I feel confident that you can foresee the roadblocks or the plateaus that I'm going to face. And like, we're all going to face that, right? Like, as you start losing weight, you know, you're going to hit roadblocks like your your body. There is going to be a certain point in time where your body does push back. And, you know, if you're with someone that has never had that issue or things have been pretty effortless for them, you know, they're not going to know how to help you. Right. So I've tried a lot of things, man. Like I've tried every single diet out there, the keto diet, the carnivore diet, South Beach diet, carb cycling, intermittent fasting, um, OMAD, eating one meal a day, like I have tried it all and, um, you know, which, which I don't regret because I found out, you know, what works, what doesn't work. Right. And what I like to tell people is you don't have to do all this stuff. Like you don't have to follow one particular diet, but taking little bits and pieces of, of certain things and implementing it, you know, like that, that could be beneficial. Right. But there isn't like a one fix solution for everyone. That's the problem. Right. I mean, everyone's bodies are different. I mean, it's 2021 and here you have the, the top nutritionist in the world. Like Joe Rogan has all these guys on his podcast, you know, um, meat only guys, you know, um, more flexible dieting guys. And they're all arguing and these are all like PhDs and they can't even agree on what <laughs> diet is best to follow. Yeah. So it's like, you know, the reason for that is because everyone's so different. Like what you, what might work for you might not work for me. Like I don't do great on a high carb diet. I just don't, you know, even though I work out every day, even though I, you know, train pretty intensely. If I eat like over 200 grams of carbs a day for whatever reason, it's really hard for me to get, to get lean. And you might not have that problem. Like you might be able to get away with eating. I have friends that eat 500 grams of carbs a day 
And if they eat any less than that, then they lose weight. Right. Yeah. I wish that was me, but it's not. So yeah. everyone has this like different um, threshold and different, you know, calorie capacity. Um, and everyone's just very different. But again, bringing it back to the basics, like the basics will will work for most people, you know, being in a structured calorie deficit, exercising four to five days a week for 30 to 60 minutes a day. Like if, if you could be consistent with those two things, you know, 95%, I'd, I'd even say 99% of people like are going to get results, right? Yeah, yeah. There's very few people that following those basic principles are not going to see any results yeah. because I mean, there's science and then there's, you know, what you like to do. And yeah. those things are not necessarily the same, right? right? You can do some crazy ass diet and hate it and be miserable you will lose weight in the short term. Yeah. Probably you'll bounce back and you know a bunch of other things would happen. And so like, you know, nobody in their, you know, intelligent mind would advocate for that. But I mean, you know, us as coaches, like, yeah, we, we kind of experiment on ourselves a little bit. I've yeah. done these things too. try crazy diets, try different types of supplements and try yeah. like weird workout programs. And it's like, well, let me just see if this works because yeah. then I can speak about it to other, to others instead of just kind of, you know, quote unquote prescribing it yeah. and then say, Hey, you know, try this because, you know, so-and-so influencer so-and-so model did it and so it must work right yeah yeah i mean I've, I've done crossfit for years like i competed in crossfit i became really obsessed with it actually in my mid-20s it was just something so different you know but me like i was the guy that i would just do crossfit for the cardio aspect because i hated doing cardio right so i'd go to the gym train for an hour with weights and then i'd show up to a crossfit class which is you know it's, it's like here you are you know crossfit is predominantly like compound movements you know deadlift uh uh, like overhead press, uh, you know, squats. So I would, you know, go train for an hour, then show up to my CrossFit class, <laughs> you know, do like a 15, 20 minute, um, you know, they call it a wad, a workout of the day, you know, and um, like I was just fanatical about it. But again, it, it, you know, looking back, I'm happy I, I did all these different things because when people ask me a question, hey, is CrossFit good? Hey, is this good? Is that good? I could give them an honest answer from my experience anyway. And, you know, share with them what I think and however they want to move forward with it, you know, that's, that's up to them. Yeah. But giving that, giving that experience or having that experience to genuinely speak on it or to also just be authentic and say like, Hey, I've never tried that. Yeah. This is what I know about it. But you know, my personal experience is zero with X yeah. thing, right? Like keto. I mean, I, I get the keto question every single day from people. Hey, I want to lose weight quick. Should I just do keto? And I, I, I tried keto and I actually got good results with keto. Um, but again, you know, one thing people fail to realize is most of the weight you lose on keto is going to be water the first, you know, the first week, especially. So when people go no carb and they just eat fat, they flush out all the water out of their system. So on the scale, it looks like, you know, they're losing five pounds of fat the first week, but what they fail to realize is it's not really body fat. It's, you know, mostly water, sodium, you know, um, glycogen, all that stuff. Um, but again, you know, you're, you're never going to know if you don't try, right? Like intermittent fasting, it's a big topic right now. I try to do it, you know, um, every day, but some days I don't, some days I, you know, after, if I train early in the morning and I'm hungry, like I'm going to get home and eat. I'm not going to wait till 12 PM to eat in my eating window. Right. Yeah. Um, so people get kind of obsessive too. Like that, that's another big problem is that when people actually do get started on a, on a fitness journey or, or a diet or, you know, um, a new eating routine, like they almost become obsessive with it too. Right. Which is, could equally be as bad as not even getting started as well. So just finding that balance is, is really important. Do you think that playing off that obsessive nature of when someone goes on some crazy diet or some exercise routine, have you ever heard of people or coached people, probably not people that you've coached, but people who will develop some type of eating disorder and maybe be careful about how we use that word because, you know, that's an actual uh, diagnosis and all that stuff. But people who will develop actual other problems, they'll lose a whole bunch of weight, but now they've got this terrible relationship with food. Have yeah. you ever encountered any of that? Yeah. I mean, you know, as much as I don't want to admit this, like that's, that's kind of my story. Like I was really bad with binge eating. And if I'm being completely honest, it's something that I still struggle with from time to time. I mean, I've seen, you know, uh, eating therapists about it because I, I, I thought something was wrong with me. You know, I mean, for those who don't know, like binge eating is not just like having a cheat meal or a burger and then, all right, I'm full. I'm good. Like binge eating is just like this obsession with food where, you know, just to give you kind of like an example of what that looked like, I would kill myself Monday through Friday, right? Train hard twice a day, some days hit my calories perfectly. I was obsessive, but then the problem was that like I was running my hormones into the ground, right? My ghrelin was, was increased, which is like your, your, your hunger hormone. Um, and then by the time the weekend came, like if I had a taste of anything sweet or sugar, it was like a free for all. 
it was like, you know, blood in the water, right? Like I would just lose it. And for Saturday and Sunday, I would just pretty much binge eat all day and eat to the point of being sick. And then Monday morning, it was like hitting the reset button, starting over again, right? Um, so that's why I'm really big on people finding balance with their nutrition. You know, you don't have to eat chicken and broccoli and asparagus, you know, for every meal. Like you could fit things into your diet that you enjoy, that you like, but everything has to be in moderation because if you hold back and deprive yourself of certain foods, like you're going to start becoming obsessed with food and be food motivated. And that's not healthy at all. Right. Um, I always say this, it's like, if I tell you the one food you can't have, like, let's say I say, Daniel, you can't have pizza for the next 12 weeks. Even if you're not a big pizza guy, just putting that in your head, you're going to start thinking about pizza. I'm already thinking about it. Exactly. And then you're going to start obsessing about pizza, right? So when you tell someone you can't have something, you're almost doomed from the get-go. So like when people reach out to me for coaching and they're like, Hey, you know, does this mean for the next, you know, three months or six months, I can't have wine or I can't have this. I'm like, no, not at all. I actually want you to have those things, but I'm going to show you how to have those things in moderation, fit it into your daily calories, right? Um, to where you're still able to enjoy yourself and reach your goals. Like that's, that's, that's my thing. And that's how I live my life. And that's how I want my clients to live their life. Yeah. And that's the key is just the moderation. One yep. thing that pisses me off to no end on social media is a lot of these coaches and diet gurus and whatever, who will say, you know, lose as much weight as you want and eat all the foods that you want. And it's like, well, that's not, that's yeah. not wrong, but it's not the whole truth. Yeah. Like sure. There, there's place for pizza and wine and burgers and French fries in a fat loss diet, but not unlimited quantities. Right. Right. And that's where, that's where the difference is. And so I you know part of it is just social media and, and marketing and, you know, fine. I like to live by the 80, 20 rule, right? 80% of the time eat healthy foods, make healthy food choices. If you could do that and be consistent with it, 80% of the time, the other 20% you could allow for things, a glass of wine or two glasses of wine at night, a beer, you know, chocolate, whatever that is for you. Like you'll, you're going to be okay. Yeah. But I'm the same way when I see these like fitness programs or coaches like, Oh, join my program, eat whatever you want and still lose weight. It's like, come on, dude, people yeah. aren't that stupid. And you know, I think people are coming around and they get it now. Like, yeah. like, listen, you know what? That's why like when I look for people to work with, I make it very, very clear. Like you have to be willing to put in the work. I'm not going to show up at your house and slap the cookie out of your hand at midnight, right? Like at the end of the day, you know, you're not going to be able to eat pizza and ice cream every day and get results. Like exactly. people are smart, yeah. right? At least I like to think most people are smart. <laughs> so those are the people I like to work with who are like, you know what? I'm at the end of my rope. I'm ready to just do whatever I have to do to get in shape. Those are the ones that get the best result. Not the ones that are looking for an easy way out, you know, work out the minimum amount of times and pretty much putting in the bare minimum to get the maximum result. Like that's not how changing the body works, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you definitely live this lifestyle as well. Like this past weekend, your transformation client, Jamie, yeah. or he won your transformation. Shout out to Jamie. In, yeah. Shout out to Jamie. If you're listening to this, um, but he was in town and yeah. you know, we went out, we hung out all weekend. We had pizza, we had sushi. We didn't, you know, blow our faces out of the water, yeah. but we had like normal food. Yeah. Right. And he was someone who had tried other people's programs online uh, we don't need to name any names and not that he had any, anything bad to say about any of those things. But then he said, and I just think I remember him saying this, like, I didn't really get results until he started working with you. Yeah. Right. And you, you preach this balance and this regular lifestyle, of, uh, but, but also training hard at the same time. Yeah. And that's where, you know, that's where kind of the magic lies. Right. Yeah. So just to kind of like talk about Jamie real quick, cause he's a perfect example, right? He's someone that was 25 pounds overweight. Um, at the start of the new year, he joined my, my new year's transformation challenge. He reached out to me. He wanted to get in shape and he dropped 25 pounds in three months, which is, you know, that, that's considerable when his starting weight was around 200. So I, I think we ended up around like 175. Um, I could be off by, by, by a little bit, but it, he lost 25 pounds. Right. And that's, that's, that's substantial. 25 pounds is, is a lot of weight. Um, and we were talking about that and, you know, he's a, he's a physician's assistant, right? So he's working long hours, 12 hour days at the hospital or, you know, at, at the doctor's office. And he said, you know, he prioritized his training first thing in the morning. He got to, you know, he, he got to the gym, he got the workout out of the way. And with the nutrition, which was really key, I had him tracking his calories, right? So even till today, um, you know, he still pulls out his phone. He gets on my fitness pal, which is a you know calorie tracking app. And he, he still logs his meals. And he says for him, he's a very structured person. And that's what provided structure for him because before then he really didn't have that. He was following like these, you know, 
other programs that, you know, just gave like provided meal plans. Well, what happens when you can't follow a meal plan, right? What happens when you want to go out to eat with your friends? Like meal plans are great, but they don't really allow for like normal living too, you know? So tracking calories, that's why I'm a big advocate of it is because you can fit certain things into your nutrition and your diet. As long as you hit your daily calories, like, you know, again, it goes back to what we were saying about as far as like being more flexible with your, with your food choices, 80% of the time, keep it healthy, keep it whole nutritious foods that are going to fuel your body. But the other 20% enjoy yourself. Yeah. And just to keep going back and forth, I mean, everything in fitness is always like this. There's kind of opposite extremes of, of one another. So you just mentioned that, you know, Jamie still tracks his calories. That works for Jamie. That doesn't mean that one needs to track their calories, you know, every single bite for the rest of your life. Right. right? And, in, and then on the opposite side of that, you see a lot of these people promoting flexible dieting, intuitive eating. That's my favorite one is the intuitive yeah. eating. It's like, we don't even know what we're putting in our mouth. And then you're, you're starting people on a diet of intuitive eating. They have no idea. Like we need to have a a baseline to understand what we're even putting inside of our body. And then you can start to intuitive eat. Like that's a very difficult skill. It's not something that you just start doing and Oh now. Yeah. I I intuitive eat. Yeah. So not really a, if I was to just intuitively eat, I would probably eat four or 5,000 calories a day. Like (laughs) I would convince myself, you know, my body needs this. Right. But that's why I think starting on starting someone that is new to, you know, living a healthier lifestyle or nutrition, I like to start people on tracking their calories. And I always explain to them too, very clearly, listen, I don't want you doing this for the rest of your life. You don't even have to do it the entire time you're on my program. But for the first few weeks to a month, I really want you to do this and really focus on this because it's going to allow you to see how many calories you're eating every day. Right. And the one thing I hear from people is, Stephen, I don't get it. I'm not eating that much food, but I can't lose weight. And the first question I always ask, are you tracking your calories? No, I'm not. But I know I'm not eating that much food. I'm like, okay, here's what we're going to (laughs) do. You're going to download my fitness pal and you're going to track every single thing you put in your mouth this week. You're going to come back to me a week from now and I want to hear how many calories you're eating, right? And I actually had this conversation with one of my other clients who was down here about uh, two weeks ago, um, Nevin. And he said for him, you know, before he started tracking his calories, he was eating about 3,500 calories a day but he thought he was eating 2000 calories a day. So he was intuitively eating and he thought he was under eating, but he was overeating by 1500 calories a day. Right. So once you do this for a few weeks and you start to, you become more mindful of how much you're eating and you know what a serving sub portion of a meat looks like, you know, what a poor, you know, a serving size of a carbohydrate looks like, you know, fruits, things like that. Then you can transition into intuitively eating then, because now, now you actually have a, some type of guideline to where you're not completely guessing, right? Like that's, that's a really important thing. Cause like you said, I don't expect everyone to track their calories for the rest of their life. I like to track my calories just because I'm kind of fanatical about it. I like to know how much I'm consuming, how many calories I have left. I like to look at my, you know, if it's seven o'clock at night, I, I, I pull out my phone, you know, check my fitness pal, say, Oh, okay. I have 400 calories left. Like maybe I'll have a, you know, a, a ice cream bar or something. Right. So for me it works. And for a lot of people it works, but some people it doesn't. Some people they have to find, you know, some type of, of of balance to be able to sustain it long term. Yeah. And I'm and I'm kind of the opposite of you in, in the sense that I don't like tracking my calories. Mm. I'll do it when I when if I'm cutting and I need to like dial stuff in, but the rest of the time, for me, it's just very cumbersome and annoying. Yeah. But I've done it in the past. So I can eyeball things to a close enough degree and have that quote unquote intuitive eating. Yeah. And that's kind of how I say it is like, listen, I don't want anyone to do this for forever. Unless you like love it, then by all means go ahead. But do it for a week, two weeks, maybe even a month and then learn it. And then you don't have to like weigh everything ever again, yeah. because at least now you know what you're putting in your mouth. Yeah. And it's so easy to blow over your calories, yeah. especially with, you know, if, if you drink any calories, people who drink any sodas and stuff like you're drinking way more, you know, the oil yeah. in the pan that you cook food in, like that counts too. like yeah. all of these things, like they really add up and they're really sneaky. And until you, you know, actually look at it, you'll just never know. Yeah. And, and just to circle back to like tracking calories, right? Um, one of my favorite phrases is you can't manage what you're not measuring, right? So I'm a data guy. I, I like to look at the data and look at the numbers. I don't like to guess, especially when I'm working with clients. Like if they, let's say for the first month, you know, we lose 10, 15, 20 pounds, right? And then progress starts to slow down, which is normal because as you're, the longer you're, you're in a calorie deficit, your metabolism starts to slow down, downregulate. And, you know, this is your body's survival mechanism because it doesn't want you to to die, right? It wants you to, it essentially wants to keep you fat. So you have to know 
how how to change that or make tweaks or adjustments to your calories or to your nutrition as you lose weight, right? So um, that's why you know I I like to look at the data, look at the numbers, and have my clients do that as well. But then once we get to our goal, once we get to that you know goal physique, I also like to teach them how to intuitively do it too, right? This way you're not stuck tracking your calories for the rest of your life. Yeah, because it has to be something that's sustainable and you don't want to have to hold someone's hand for the rest of their life. Right. But also to speak to that, like this is a huge part of the value of where having a coach comes into play. Yeah. Right. Is someone to like, look at these numbers and look at the data and look what, you know, you need for you from a a third eye or a bird's eye view kind of thing. Right. Without the emotion attached to whatever, you know, one's got going on in their life. It's like, Hey, this is what I think would be best for you. Right. I mean, we all need coaches. You just mentioned that, you know, you had your coach for, with the eating. And, and so, you know, I, I still have a coach that I work with. There you go. Right. And, and there's business coaches and, and yeah. other, and training coaches. And, you know, we all need that little bit of help. Right. Yeah. So the accountability becomes the biggest part of it. Right. And, and I think that would be true with a lot of your clients and especially the, you know, the ones who really excel like Jamie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Accountability, I think is the most important part of coaching. Right. I mean, let's face it. In our world today, it's information overload. Anyone could Google a workout plan. Anyone could Google a fat loss diet. Like all the information anyone ever needs is out there on Google, YouTube. So we don't have an information problem. What we have is an execution problem, right? Because most people, they second guess themselves. Am I following the right plan? Am I following the right program? Like, am I doing the right thing? Because your average Joe, you know, he's not us, right? He doesn't have a fitness background. He doesn't know what he should be doing, what kind of training, what kind of diet. So having someone that can not just create the right plan for you and, you know, your body weight and all that stuff and take that into account with your calories and your training, um, understand your goals because everyone's goals is different too. Like not everyone comes to me, wants to look like a superhero, right? I work with ladies too. And some ladies just want to, you know, look toned and slim and sexy for their husband. And some guys come to me and they just like, Hey man, I just want to lose 30, 40 pounds. I don't care about having ripped abs. Like I just want to be healthier for my kids. Right? So those goals have to be looked at and, you know, I develop a program based on someone's goals. Right. But the fundamentals are still the same as far as nutrition, you know, um, the, the training, but the accountability is critical because most people when left to our own devices, like it's only a matter of time before we talk ourselves into eating a burger and fries or eating pizza. Right. So that's why I still have a coach because I need someone to keep me accountable every single week. I send my coach photos. I send him my weight. He looks at me, tells me if I'm on track, what I need to do, what I need to change. And it's the same thing with my clients. Like I'm going to be a lot less likely to go out with my girlfriend on a Friday night and eat pizza and beer. If I have to check in with my coach on a Saturday morning and upload my photos, upload my weight. Right. So having that like is, is a real game changer for a lot of people because most people have never had that before. And even working with a personal trainer, like working with a personal trainer is great. I used to be a personal trainer, but you're only with that person for, you know, an hour a day, right? They're not following you around. Like you can't just message them. Hey, John, like, you know, should I eat this? Should I eat that? Like that, that's where having a coach comes in because now they're helping you with the, the nutrition as well. Whereas when you're working with a trainer, you're addressing like 20% of the issue, right? But nutrition is 80% of the issue for most people. Yeah. So if you're paying a trainer and again, nothing against trainers, I love trainers, but you need to look at your nutrition because that's where all your results are going to come from, right? So being consistent with your nutrition is the biggest difference I see with people being successful and reaching their goals or not. It's consistency because you can't just follow a structured nutrition plan Monday through Friday. Like what happens on the weekend, right? That's where most people go crazy. Like we're coming up on the 4th of July on Sunday, you know? So this weekend, a lot of people are going to be going off track and going off the rails, which is unfortunate because they busted their butt Monday through through Friday or Saturday. Yeah. Right? Getting that, especially like, you know, it's July, getting that summer body and now you're yeah. just going to blow it out of the water, especially that 4th of July is on a weekend, like even more, yeah. you know, we just had Canada day as well, whether it was celebrated or not. I don't know, but I <laughs> know we'll, we'll leave that one alone <laughs> right now. Um, but yeah, it's like, you know, you just blow it out of the water because there's a reason why someone was overweight or was, you know, the way they were. And it's because they were left to their own devices, like you said. And so, you know, just assuming that things are going to change, you know, maybe a small fraction of us will have that, that aha moment that say, you know what, it's time for me to like get this done just like you did. But most people don't have that moment. There's, there's gotta be someone else to push them through it. There, there might have to be a scare, like a health scare, uh, 
you know, something kind of like bad that happens, which, you know, obviously hope that doesn't happen to anybody, right. but it does happen. And then that's when people say like, oh, now I've got to actually make a change here. Right. Yeah. Some people, I mean, I have a, I have a good amount of people that have reached out to me this past year, you know, um, they're pre-diabetic. I had one gentleman, great guy. He wanted to get into the police academy, but he's 300 pounds. He was actually over 300 pounds. And, he, you know, he had to run a certain distance to get into the academy. He had high blood pressure, right? Um, so it's awesome because he, he sent me a message literally like a month ago saying the doctor took him off his blood pressure medication. You know, Amazing. all his vitals are, are normal now. He's off the medications. Um, like stuff like that is amazing, right? And unfortunately, sometimes it does have to get to that point where you realize, okay, like, it's now or never. Either I'm going to take care of this and do it the right way or or not, or I'm going to stay stuck like this or get put on medication or things are going to completely erode to the point where, you know, like it's not going to be good, yeah. right? So everyone out there has the power to, to change their, their health and their body, right? Um, unfortunately, it does take work and it's a lot easier to take a pill or, you know, like get a weight loss surgery or things like that instead of make lifestyle habits. And I think the biggest thing for people is like making it a lifestyle, right? One um, other thing that I was going to ask you about was tell me about, you know, I'll understand this as, as a coach, but to anyone listening, try and describe what it's like to sort of lead someone through that transformation. And, you know, you get these messages that say, Hey, I'm, I'm off my blood pressure medication. I lost X amount of weight. I can get into the police Academy. Like, what does that mean to you? It's huge. It's huge. Because again, like the majority of people that reach out to me, they want to get in shape, right? They want to look good. They want to look sexy. And I'm the same way. Like I'm 33 years old or I'm going to be 33, you know, in a few weeks. Like I'd be lying if I said, I don't want to look good. You know, I love being able to take my shirt off, having muscles, having abs. Like, yeah, it's great. But what people fail to realize too is like, that's only a really small part of it, right? That's, that's the external side of it what's happening underneath that, right? How are your organs functioning? Like, you know, visceral fat, which is something like a lot of people don't talk about. Um, like these are things that really affect your health, right? And that's really what's going to um, decide how long you live. You know, um, all, all of these elements play a really big role in that. So, you know, again, it, it's, it's not always about looking better. That's a great side effect of working out and eating healthy. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, sometimes too, it's just about your health and especially going through the pandemic, I think a lot of people realized, okay, like the people that were dying from COVID, a lot of them were overweight and had comorbidities, right? Yeah. I, I forgot what the stats were, but a report came out that said like 80% of the people that did pass away from COVID were, you know, were overweight or obese. So these are things people have to realize and say, okay, like you have the power to change that. You don't have to stay, stay that way. Yeah. And I think there has been a little bit of a an awakening, maybe, I don't know if that's uh, the right word, but an awakening in terms of people understanding that, hey, I need to take care of my own health because things are going to happen that are out of my control, like COVID. Yeah. And if I'm not healthy, then I'm going to get rocked. Yeah. And that's not okay. Right. So, so this empowerment of saying, hey, like there is things I can do that are simple, but not easy, but there are things that I can do to actually improve my life. And maybe the motivation to get off the couch is to impress a girl or impress a guy or to have a six pack or to you know, whatever, but that's rarely, rarely ever the thing that keeps people going. Yeah. And this is something that I talk about all the time. It's like the, you know, it's getting into the police academy. It's playing with your grandkids. It's being able to go for a walk down the yeah. beach with your, with your spouse. Like those are the things that matter. And if you yeah. can't do those things, like, you know, yeah. what else are we doing here? Something I, I recently started addressing and I, I feel guilty for not talking about it more is really the process of going through, you know, a weight loss transformation or a physical transformation. Cause you know, you always hear me talk about, Hey, do you want to lose 20 pounds, 30, 40, 50 pounds in the next, you know, 90 days, six months, right? That puts people in a results focused mindset, which again, it, it, it's, it's okay. Cause you have to, you know, you have to think of the end result in some capacity, right? Have some type of goal, but where the real magic happens and where the real transformation happens is by going through the transformation process. Like for me, when I was a fat guy, I had a fat guy identity, right? And going through that process, I was shifting my identity. Every single time I went to the gym, every time I decided to, you know, eat, eat healthier foods instead of, you know, the burger and fries, every time I exercised discipline, like I was truly transforming 
my mind, my emotions, like I was becoming a different man, right? And going through the transformation process, like it's a true transformation. It's not just about the physical transformation. Yes, of course, like that's great. And that's good to have and you know, want to strive for it. But what people don't really talk about or fail to realize is the transformation within, because I, I just read yesterday, Forbes put out an article that, you know, people who live a healthy lifestyle, who, you know, work out, who eat healthier, I think it said like they make like 25% more money, right? Like, how do you even quantify that? Yeah. Like the guy who's, you know, who, who puts his health first and is disciplined versus someone that doesn't, they, they make 25% more. Well, it has a lot to do with probably with the mindset, right? The person that gets after it, that lives healthy, you know, that, that actually respects their body and puts their health first, they're probably going to do that in other areas of their life, right? They're, they're, they're going to focus on their business. They're going to, they're going to have discipline in all areas of their life, right? Starting a business, um, you know, if they're an executive at a company, um, even relationships, like things like that. So realizing you have the power to change your body, you could literally apply that to all areas of your life, not just, not just physically, but you know, like I said, business, work, school, relationships, like you decide, right? Yeah. I love that. And that's that. I'm so happy you said that because that's really like the overlying theme or the underlying theme of what I'm always trying to get at in the podcast is that like fitness is amazing and you know, getting ripped, getting jacked, like that's fantastic, but that's not the thing that that's not the thing, yeah. right? It's, it's all these other things you get to do better in your job, do better in school, have better relationships, have better experiences in your life, get to enjoy things more. And, and you look good at the same time. And that's kind of, kind of cool, but it's kind of cool for a second. You take one picture and then it's like, Oh, but now I actually get to do cool shit. Yeah. Like that's, what's awesome. Right. It's funny. Someone DM me the other day and I think he was a young kid, but he's like, Hey man, he's like, you know, do you really think getting in shape um, like if I do that, like I'll be able to get a cool car, like all these other guys, cause you see on Instagram <laughs> and social media, you know, these ripped guys are promoting a fitness program and they're taking a photo, you know, with a hot girl in front of a Ferrari. And I had to be honest. I'm like, you know, maybe, but maybe not. Right. Will you have more sex if you're in better shape? Maybe, maybe not. Will you make more money? Maybe, maybe not. But I guarantee you one thing, you're going to be in a much better position if you are in shape to actually go after those things and your chances of making more money, of being more successful at business, of having more sex, of finding, you know, um, uh, someone to date, like that's going to be a lot higher because now you're going to be a man who is worth all of those things in your own head, right? Yeah. Not, not externally from other people, but in your own head, you're going to see yourself as a man who is worthy of those things. Whereas at least speaking from experience when I was fat, like, I didn't think I was worthy of anything. Like it was, it was a, a bad place to be, you know, cause I just related to being a fat guy. I don't deserve nice things. I don't deserve to have money. I don't deserve to have the cute girl. Why would the cute girl want to be with me? I'm fat. Right. Right. But as I went through the transformation process and transformed my body, you know, I got this confidence. Now I'm secure in myself. Right. And now like, damn right. I could have any girl I want. I could, I could start a billion dollar business. I have the tools I need to be the highest and best version of myself. And I'm not saying these things to sound cocky, right? I'm not, that, that's not how I go around and, and act, right? But in my head, I have to convince myself that I am worthy of these things, right? Yeah. Because if I don't, then I'm never going to get what I want, right? And I'm going to continue to identify as a person who I was before, which is never going to get me anywhere. Right. And I mean, to clear that up, if you are overweight or, you know, something like that, there's nothing stopping you from having all those things, from dating who you want to date, from building the business you want to build and all that stuff. But there are likely uh, confidence issues or something inside you that's going to like hold you back from that. Yeah. Right. So you can certainly have all those things if you're not in shape. It's not to say that, you know, yeah. you need to be ripped to, to have the life that right. you want, but it does take care of that health, that physical appearance issue. There's this one quote, uh, by Naval. And he says, you know, making money won't solve all your problems in your life, but it will solve all your money problems. Right, and right, that's a, right. and that's a big deal. And right. when I heard that, I was like, holy fuck, right. That's good. And, and it's the same with your fitness. If you get, if you get in good shape, that solves a problem for you. And yeah. then you don't have to worry about that anymore. And you can free up all that bandwidth in your head to worry about all the other stuff you've yeah. got going on in your life. Right. Yeah. You can, you can focus more on finding dates on working more at your job or building your business or whatever it is to build the life that you want. And so it just, it just solves yeah. a problem. Yeah. It, it just comes down to shifting your identity. Like I've been talking about this a lot lately, but it's so true. Like 
you have to shift your identity to someone that is worthy of having the life you want to live. Because in our heads, like you're sitting there right now, there's some type of life you want to live in the future, right? Whether it's money, maybe it's business, maybe it's this podcast, I mean, whatever that is for you. It's, it's living, it's living by the beach in Naples. Living by the beach in Naples. <laughs> like you have to identify as someone that deserves all of those things. And even, even future pacing yourself and saying, you know what, I have all those things now and I'm going to start acting like that. Like when I start working with clients, you know, it's important that they start seeing themselves as someone who is fit already. Because when you see yourself as fit already, you're going to do things that a fit person would do. You're not going to talk down to yourself anymore. You're not going to have that negative self-talk anymore. You're going to get your butt to the gym. You're going to move your body for 30, 60 minutes a day. You know, you're going to eat healthier foods, right? But if you just stay stuck in your old former identity of someone that's been fat for years, you know, you, you do what fat people do. You're lazy, you know, like you have the power to shift that identity before you even obtain what you want. And I think that's the coolest thing, right? I don't have to be a billionaire to have a billionaire identity. I don't have to be a shredded guy to have a shredded guy identity, right? I can shift my identity now and allow my life to play out and allow, you know, the movie of my life and story of my life to play out to get those things, right? But I have to shift my identity now. I can't stay stuck in my old identity because then I'm going to get the things I've always gotten, right? Yeah. And if you want to get what you've never had, you have to do what you've never done. You may have heard exactly. that once or twice before, but That's it's one of good. my it's one of my favorite quotes. It's a great one for sure. And I mean, just going back to what you were saying, it's like it just starts one step at a time. It's not going to be you know snap of your fingers and all of a sudden you go from fat guy mentality to shredded model right. mentality, right? But you've got to make these steps one at a time. And I think a lot of people get confused. They see someone who's a fitness coach or a model or something and say, oh, it looks so easy for you. Well, yeah, because I've been doing this for a long time and I, you know, I have my troubles and, and my stuff too, but you know, I do this every day and it becomes simpler for me because I've been doing it every day. But at yeah. the beginning I had to like, it was really hard, you know, it was really hard to make the healthy food choice to get myself to go to the gym. Like it, it didn't just, you know, you're not just born like this. Yeah. Right. What I love to say is consistency compounds, right? momentum is what's going to get you and keep you going for the long term. That's why like, I, I love to tell people it, it's great to have a long-term goal. Hey, I want to lose 50 pounds the next six months. That's awesome. It's a great goal to have. Let's start with two pounds this week. Okay. Let's start with two pounds the following week because once you get going and once you see the weight start to drop off and you see your body changing, now you're building momentum and you become addicted to getting the result, Right. And that consistency of eating healthier, consistency with working out, it compounds day after day after day. You might not see it for the first day. You might not see it for the first week or even the first few weeks, right? It, it does take time. Changing the human body, you know, takes time. Like you didn't get fat overnight. So I love when people, they want to get shredded abs in, in, in 30 days when they've been, you know, 50 pounds overweight for the past five, 10 <laughs> years. I'm like, dude, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. I wish it did. Right. Um, so people have to be realistic too with their expectations, but look at it as, you know what, instead of asking how long is, is this going to take, you have to say, you know what, I'm willing to do whatever it takes, however long it takes, it takes, right? Um, so you just have to be willing to start, get started, build the momentum, stay consistent. And if you could do those things, like you're going to be successful. Yeah. Yep. Setting those small little goals along the way are going to go a huge way because like you said, 50 pounds or whatever, that's going to take a long time to lose. Yeah. But, you know, you can lose two pounds in a week. You can lose a pound in a week. You know, whatever your measurement is, you can get that done. And then you yeah. can do the next one. You can do the next one and you can do the next one. And then before you know it, you know, that six months has passed and the 50 pounds is gone or whatever it is. And you have the body that you've always wanted, yeah. right? Yeah. I want to talk about the book you guys got coming out. Yeah. 77 Laws of Six-Pack Abs. Yeah. Tell yeah, me about me, it. Me and my, my homie, Peter Zenis, another Torontonian. Um, another Canadian. Yeah. So, um, you know, really we wanted to come and, and create something that would serve like every, every, every single question someone might have, right. From the nutrition, from the training, um, the supplements, like rest and recovery, even the mindset. Cause the mind, I, I don't think enough fitness people talk about the mind. And I know the reason why you and me connected, um, is, you know, like on a deeper level is because you're, you're very philosophical, which I really like. Cause I'm the same way. Like, I don't want to just know why I'm doing something or, you know, I want to know the deeper meaning behind it. Right. And a lot of people, again, like it, it's a mindset shift that has to take place before you start a fitness journey. You have to understand your deep reasoning of why, like, why are you doing this? Did someone call you fat 
and now you're just motivated to do it. But then three days into it, like you're going to drop off and, and fall off track because now you're not motivated. Like, well, your, your why isn't, isn't deep enough. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we, we talk about the mindset laws. We have a section of talking about the training laws, the nutrition laws, rest and recovery laws. Um, so, you know, 77 sounds like a lot of things and I don't want people to think, Oh, I have to do 77 things to get six pack abs. Not at all. Like in all actuality, if you do three things in the book and do them consistently, like you're going to get results. Right. But we wanted to leave no stone unturned and really talk about every little thing we could to get people in the right frame of mind to go through the process and get results. No, that's why I love the way you guys did it too, because you know, I flipped through it. I haven't read the whole thing yet, but so 77 is a lot of things. It sounds like a lot, but it would be way more ridiculous if you made a book that was the three laws to six pack abs. <laughs> right. because it's not that simple. Right. Obviously, if it was, everybody would be walking around shredded right. and they're not, right. right? So there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of things that one can do and should do and, and, and must do to get to that. The mindset thing is, I think is so important. I did a solo podcast on this like a while ago. I don't remember what episode it was, but it was the, basically the whole point of it was like, if you're going to lose weight, are you actually ready to lose weight? Yeah. You know, do you have a bunch of social events coming up? Are you, you know, not in a good place mentally to actually commit to this? Like, can you actually, can you actually do this right now? Cause if you can't, you're just setting yourself up for disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like before I ever start working with people, I, I, I always tell them straight up, listen, this is not just a 12 week or a 16 week or a six month transformation. This is a true lifestyle transformation. When you work with me, I want this to be the last coaching program or the last fitness thing you ever have to invest in. Because what good is it if I get you to your end goal? only to have you go back to your old habits when we're finished and you regain the weight. Like then we didn't accomplish anything and we just wasted each other's time, energy, and money. Right. That, right. That's not what I want. So people have to go into it really with a lifestyle mentality saying, okay, I don't want to just do this to get in shape for a certain date. And that's okay too. Like if, if you do have an event coming up and you want to lose some weight for that event, like that, that's fine. It's good to have a goal. But if your goal is to be in shape and healthy for the rest of your life, then you have to find a more sustainable approach to do that, right? Doing two hours of cardio a day, going super low on your calories, like doing things to cut weight quick is not going to sustain you in the long term. And you're only going to be doing more damage, you know, than good, right? Um, so people really have to go into it and say, okay, like I want to make this a lifestyle, not just a quick fix. Because like I said, why, why are you killing yourself only to go back? after you finally reach your goal. That's, that's, that's not going to be good for anyone. And I will say too, like when most people go through my, my coaching program, they become addicted to the process, right? They love feeling good. Maybe they've never had abs before. And now they have abs for the first time in their life. One, one of my other clients, James, he's 42 years old. And you know, he, he, uh, he just sent me his after photo the other day and he has abs now. He's like, dude, my wife won't keep her hands off, me, <laughs> which means, you know, it's, it's like really happy to, to hear. Um, you know, so you, you just have to, to look at it, you know, say, okay, I'm going to make this a lifestyle. I want to fall in love with the process and the new person I'm becoming, shifting my identity. And, um, you know, hopefully when enough people see their body change, they become addicted to that and they want to keep it. Absolutely, man. That rule applies to everybody, I think, except for Jamie. Jamie's got to keep crushing pizza so he yeah, can win dude, the next Jamie, transformation contest. Jamie and then he has <laughs> to gain the, thir- the 25 pounds back so he could do my, my new transformation challenge again. And, and then, then, and then and we can all hang out. And then we can fly him back down again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, man. Um, when is the book uh, coming out? And you guys were finalizing dates and whatever. Uh, last yeah, week? so it's looking like uh, the, the the launch is going to be in September. I think the second week of September. So if, you know, if, um, if if they follow my page or, or Peter's page, we'll we'll be keeping them up to date on that. And you're going to do the launch party in New York, so we'll all be there. We're talking about it. Yeah, maybe New York, maybe Toronto. God willing, if they open up the borders and let let us Americans in, um, maybe here in Naples, Florida. So we we have a few spots uh, picked out. So we'll see. Nice man, that'll be exciting. Yeah. Are there any other messages that you want to leave the people here with in closing? Um, honestly, if someone's out there and they just don't know where to start, like just, just get started, just take action. There's so much information out there, you know, on Instagram, on Facebook, on, you know, listening to podcasts, like all the information in the world is never going to do anyone any good unless they actually get off their ass and go take action. So, you know, nothing changes if nothing changes. So if you want to make a change, do something about it. Take action. I love it, man. That's beautiful. Where can uh, people find you online? Let them know. Instagram is probably the best spot. Um, it's just at my name, Stephen with a P-H, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, Campolo, C-A-M-P-O-L-O. And uh, yeah, people can message me there too. I, I always try to respond to messages, you know, within 24 hours. So. 
Sweet. And I'll uh, include that in the show notes if for, for some reason you can't spell. But uh, <laughs> yeah, man, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You know, same thing, not doing the whole extra ending thing here. Uh, subscribe, uh, leave a review, whatever, at Daniel Yoris on Instagram as well. Um, and that's it. Thank you so much to Steven. Thanks for doing this. And that's it, man. Thanks for having me. Bye, y'all. See ya.